Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Yes, it is again that time of the week and I'm delighted that Mick O'Connell has joined us in studio. Good afternoon. Of all the people to join us in studio, I have you at the top of the list. Is it because I I bring booze? It might be because you bring (laughs) booze. That could be the actual answer to that, yes. So, you know, the show will go on. We've more to get through now because it's just the two of us, but sure, we'll give it our best, Sean. We'll give it a whirl. Lovely stuff. And joining us remotely is Esther McCarthy. Esther, how are you today? Hi Dom, how are you? I'm very well. Nobody nobody sent you any of this wine at all, no? No, I'm just, I'm glaring, I'm glaring remotely yeah, okay. at Mick right here going, where's my wine, Mick? Will you be able to mime it? Will you be able to just bring your mind back to previous memories of wine? Just... Oh, I'm sure I'd be able to select from one or two, yeah. Good, look forward to that. And uh, Serena Bellissimo is joining us as well. Serena, how are you today? I'm good, Tom. How are you? I'm very well. Have you access to a fridge? Have you? Can you try and get in the spirit of things as well? I will. Don't you worry about that. I'm looked after. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you again. Um, so, Esther, what, what films are you going to be looking at today? There are two biggies, actually, this week. Um, one that there was a lot of talk about because it has a really good cast. Vanessa Kirby, Catherine Watterson, Casey Affleck. In The World to Come, um, it is a period drama about this, I suppose you wait for um, a lesbian period romance, Tom, then two come together, you know, hot on the heels of Ammonite um, a couple of months ago with Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet, we have this one that's set in um, the late 1800s in North America and it's about this friendship that develops between these two women um, and then it develops into something much more than that with implica- implications for all of the people involved because they're both married women. Um, and, you know, right. this is not a period where you could do this freely and, and society would have accepted it either. So the, the, all of that going on, it's quite the, an interesting The, the words Brokeback Mountain keep just jumping through my mind. Very much so. Very much so. Even in some of the language and some of the style of dialogue, they, it reminded me of it, I have to say. yeah. Right. Then the other one, that's in cinemas um, from today. Then the other one we were talking about is um, the big new Amazon Prime release this week, which is Jolt. Again, a huge cast. Kate Beckinsale, Stanley Tucci, Bobby Cannavale, um, who must have all read the script early on and thought this could be good. Um, and it's one of those fascinating ones where you go, what happened there? What went wrong? Uh, because it's it's a bit of a mess, this one. It's an action thriller. Um, Kate Beckinsale would have had a big fan base from the Underworld films. Um, they were kind of, they, they really drew um, a fan base and there was a whole series of them. Uh, and I think they're trying to do the same here with her as a, a character who has, I used to think it was just bad temper, Tom, but apparently it's a whole <laughs> disorder. There's a whole disorder called intermittent explosive disorder. Oh, um, I remember which that. Is, I know a good few people with that. I know a few as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's when you um, lose the rag and lose your temper for no apparent reason, sort of an unprovoked loss of temper. Uh, oh, so she's a character with that. She also has superpowers because it's July and that's what we have in movies at this time of year. Uh, so she's very she's a really dangerous character she loses her temper and it's called, kind of all framed around that God there are so many superpower movies I, I just I seem to every time I walk into the room at home there's there's superpower movies on, on and this is another oh, one I mean it's like spandex central isn't it it is, <laughs> it is. I've lost track of, of which who is what and who can do what 
It's you know it is a universe. I've got another person. I mean, you'd need for the Marvel ones now. You'd need if you know even if you're a casual Marvel fan, I think you need a, a map and a compass at the stage. Yeah, they're all dropping in and out of each other's films so much. You know. Right. I look forward to finding which one are you going to go with first, so I can just mark their cards here in the studio. Uh, let's do Jolt as the biggie. Actually, okay, we will get yeah. to that in just a moment. Um, and what wines are we going to have just to, to get us through all this? So we have two interesting wines and, and very much with kind of barbecue season in mind, given that we are sweltering at the moment. But it's um, a white wine from an, a little known area called Champlit, which is just northeast of Burgundy. Um, and that's by a chap called Pascal Onrio. And then we have a red wine from Rioja, which I've taken directly out of the fridge. So that's been in the fridge overnight. So it's nice and chilled. What? And, this isn't I like the was... usual Rioja. This is an kind of unoaked in the big scheme of things. So it, it, it works for chilling as right. well. Very unusual. Very mm. seasonal, very with the heat. I'd say a lot of people will be delighted to... Fingers crossed it lasts. Yeah, and, and I remember uh, Mick's delighted to answer your question. So if you have really hard questions... Oh, I do love the hard ...to do uh, with anything alcoholic... He's your man. And get them into us now on 53106. Um, Serena, you're with us, I hope. I am. Can you hear me, Tom? I can, yeah. I need to yeah. ask you about Dwayne Johnson. Um, I'm kind of following a little bit to the Fast and Furious, but only insofar as they're just so enormously successful. Uh, they really are huge, aren't they? They are absolutely huge. And you fall into one of two boats. You fall into you've seen them and you must see every single one that comes out or somehow you haven't seen any. And I'm really embarrassed to say this. I, for some reason, the Fast and the Furious passed me by. And I don't know how because at the moment we have nine films out and it's just been confirmed. I I thought that the ninth would be the final one, but no, there's a 10 and 11 coming, Tom, and Dwayne Johnson is going to be nowhere to be seen. Well, this is, you and I are in the same boat now, Serena. I'll, I'll break this to you gently, okay? Have um, you not seen it either? I haven't seen any I think of we're them. one of the very few, Tom, that haven't seen any of the Fast and yep. Furious. Like, people no, have at least seen one. Nick hasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, feeling better, feeling better. But Esther has. Esther sat through every single one of them. She has to. She's required yeah. to. There's no choice in that. Um, right, but they're but they're absolutely huge block off uh, box office successes, aren't they? Do you know what it is, Tom? I think with some movies, and especially today, where you know you just want sometimes to go into stuff, and you don't want anything unexpected. You know what the formula is, you know what's going to happen, and you want that to deliver. And in all fairness to the Fast and the Furious, that it does. It, it doesn't pretend to be something else. It is what it is, and fans absolutely love it. Vin Diesel at the helm. Um, Dwayne Johnson, last time we saw him in it was Fast and the Furious 8, and there were rumours about some, um, some, well, we just say behind-the-scenes um, antics. Maybe some, they weren't getting along right. that well. Right, okay. And this all came down to the fact that, you know, Vin Diesel says that he gives tough love on set. Dwayne Johnson didn't really, he, he wasn't open to that. And, um, yeah, he's now turned around and said that he's not, actually he told The Hollywood Reporter that he's not coming back. He, he enjoyed it. He said, I laughed and I laughed hard. I think everyone had a laugh at their feud that was going on, but he's going to leave it at that. 
and I wish them well. I wish right. them well on Fast 9, Fast 10, Fast 11, and yeah. all the Fast and Furious films they do without right. me. I don't, think, Fast 20. I don't think Van Diesel's going to be losing sleep over this, though. I mean, they're, they're, whether he's in them or not, Dwayne, they're, they're just box office huge exactly. successes without him. So he's, he's taken his ball and gone home and no one cares. There's another ball here. So sorry, Dwayne. And, yeah. And you know what? Dwayne's also not upset. One of the highest paid movie stars in the world. So he doesn't need Fast. Fast doesn't need him. And it's happy days for everyone. But I, I was shocked to hear that a 10 and 11 are on the way. Yeah. I, well, you know, if it's working, why, we, we've sat down. We've restarted the Pirates of the Caribbean in our house. What do you think of that? Are you serious? Yes. One and what are you thinking? I'm not a big fan of the Pirates films. Um, this I'm back to the first one, so you know the problem is probably as good as it gets. They're easy; they're easy to watch. Yeah. That's a new quality in a film that you don't feel like you need to go out and cut the grass during it. That's, that's fine. That's that's the standard <laughs> we expect. Uh, I think the, the pandemic has brought us to another level when it comes to what we're enjoying and what yeah. we're not enjoying. Will this annoy me? No. Okay, let's watch it. <laughs> right. Okay, we're going to start with our first one. Are we going to go white first? I think we'll do yeah, white right. first. Yeah. Tell me all about this, please. So this is uh, a quite a random grape variety called Auxerwa, which is A-U-X-E-R-R-O-I-S. You're not going to see that written on a lot of wine bottles. Um, but it's by a chap called Pascal Onrio and he makes it in a place called Champlit. So all of these things are pretty unheard of when you put them together. But Champlit is about 45 minutes drive northeast of Dijon, which is at the top of Burgundy. Um, and it's kind of sandwiched somewhere in between famous wine places like Chablis and Alsace. And, and style wise, it's a little bit like that as well. It has some of that kind of Chablis austerity and minerality and freshness. But it's a little bit more floral, a little, little bit more fruity in style as well. Um, and that's probably giving a nod to the Alsace kind of style. And realistically, the only area that does Auxerrois in, in France is, is Alsace. And it tends to be one of these kind of semi-aromatic grape varieties. But this particular chap, Pascal Anrio, he does everything organic and everything is by hand. Um, the the listeners can't see this, but I'm holding up the label to show Tom and it's it, the label is almost falling off because I've had it in ice. I haven't um, seen a label like that since I was buying um, homemade New Order records back uh, in the 80s. <laughs> Joy Division, they stick their own labels it's, on. It's a little bit like a bootleg uh, it is. kind of, uh, kind of label. And, punk and rock wine. It's interesting. If you buy a couple of cases of these wines, you'll you'll notice that several of the labels will come off because he's gluing them on by hand himself. He should just write them on in crayon. He should put white ones on. I, I, I just I, think if he gets a white chalk marker, yeah. he, uh, what, what's quite funny, my, my daughter enjoys drawing labels onto his wines when the label has come off and she's settled on a, a pretty cool brand name, which is My Wine, which like I'm quite it. impressed by. I like it. Hard to believe it hasn't been copyrighted <laughs> already. Um, so he's, he's an organic guru, though, is he? He's... He really is. So he, he's, he's one of these guys who... He's almost before it became cool, as in we loved his first album kind of stuff right yeah. here. As in he, he's a real traditionalist, um, has never used chemicals in the vineyard, um, has never used pesticides, herbicides, all of these naughty things. Um, so in some ways he has become kind of a darling of the natural wine scene. 
despite the fact that he's kind of just done it this way all along. Um, right. But yeah, he's... He's kind of a Nick Cave of the wine scene. A little bit like I'm that. Thinking. I'm saying a little Nick bit Cave like here. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always stuck to his own guns. He's just done it his way yeah. and and what comes... It, it's like he's blue jeans of wine. I mean, they'll come back into fashion, you know? Right. Uh, it's delicious. It's lovely. It really is very, very nice. Um, I, I can't think of anything else to say about it. You know that. It, it's uh, You know it's, what to expect. It's it's one of those wines that'll go really really well with this kind of weather and food. I mean, it, it is super refreshing. Yeah. But it also can handle loads of fish dishes and things like that. This this to me is is prawns and garlic butter on the barbecue. Yeah, very precise there. I noticed that in the notes, prawns I, and I, garlic I, butter. I, yeah, I do love prawns and garlic um, butter. Now, could you say the names of the wines, please? They're nearly always in a foreign language, so not that so, easy so, to understand. Thank you very much. So this is French, and I apologise for butchering it. It's yeah. probably nothing to do with the foreign language and much more to do with my pronunciation. But it's Pascal Henriot, so the surname yeah. is H-E-N-R-I-O-T, and it's Coteau de Champlit. And Champlit is the, is the village from where this is from. And Champlit yeah. is C-H-A-M-P-L-I-T-T-E, and it's Augs or Was the grape. So you won't see that. That no, that's around. a really hard that, word. That, that's a unique one. Yeah. And they will be up on the Newstalk website as they well. You'll be able to get the full details there a bit later on. Could you ask your resident expert, why is it so difficult to get a good Bloody Mary in Ireland? Oh, there God. Uh, there, there, there are some amazing places that do fantastic. I, I mean, you need to go into the Westbury. The Westbury does absolutely fantastic cocktails. And it's also one of those things, if you're only doing a small amount of spoiling yourself based on COVID, etc., the Westbury is a really good place to do it. Okay, yes. um, and and then there's that spiced um, spiced tomato juice that you see in a few select yeah. stores at the moment, and you can do them at home with that. All right, uh, I've never got them. They're the one cocktail I just can't. Really you just need to do it on a Sunday under, morning. Yeah, I understand. I remember we ordered once in a, in a, um, an airport in Boston, and it was served this big, huge thing of celery out of it. And some person with us said, "I ordered a Bloody Mary, not a Bloody Shrubbery." <laughs> what a yeah. Um, I happen to. Oh, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, right, then, so that wine is up. Um, I think if you have more questions, let us know. Particularly, you know, hard ones to do. Wine to five three one zero six. We'll be going to our first movie. We'll take a quick break first, though. Lindy, this is not a cure. The only way we're going to make progress is cutting edge avant garde treatment. I've got this condition, it makes me snap. Like Tourette's? Just a tiny bit more intense. I've upped the voltage. But there's only so much that the human body can take. So that is a little piece from Jolt, which is the first film we're looking at uh, this week. Great cast, Esther. Um, what else have you got to tell us about it? I mean, as you can hear from the clip there, Tom, it's practically a documentary. It's so grounded in truth, you know. <laughs> um, it's, it's a bit of a silly one, this. I, I can see the spirit of it. I can see what they're trying to do with it. But it kind of lost me early on in the premise. And I think that was because you you get a very lengthy opening overcooked sequence, um, which flashes back to Lindy's childhood. She's played by, by Kate Beckinsale. And there's a lot of explaining going on at oh. the start. And that, to me, struck me that even the people making this film weren't confident in the premise and then the audience buying the premise, you know. Um, so we learn anyway that she has this condition called... 
Um, I thought it was called being cranky, but it's apparently yeah. called intermittent explosive disorder. Yeah, how twen- um, 20th it- century of you asked. <laughs> apparently caused by a high level of cortisol in her brain and oh. it causes her to have these vi- violent and quick tempers. Um, for some reason that's never properly explained, uh, the condition has also gifted her with su- oh. superhuman strength and warrior skills. Uh, so... A dangerous trait and one that's gotten her into a lot of trouble, of course. Um, but she's gotten on board with this psycho- psychiatrist, Dr. Munchen, who's played by Stanley Tucci, who is always brilliant always in brilliant. everything he does. Yep. And he is trying to guide her um, into leading this kind of more straightforward and sociable life. Um, and early in the film, we, we realised she's going on a blind date with this character, who's played by Jay Courtney, who would not want to go on a, a, a blind date with Jay Courtney. Um, and he he's an accountant named Justin, and she really hits it off with him and manages, even though she meets a really rude waitress, um, manages to uh, not lose her temper. Uh, with the use of this robotic device, actually, <laughs> if you didn't find it unbelievable enough, she has found a way of curbing her tantrums with this kind of a reboot um, device with a switch on it, which jolts her back okay. to normal when she's about to lose her temper. Um, Counting to 10, then... we used to call that. <laughs> Counting to 10. And then sure. No, is that enough plot? Is that enough exposition? Uh, no, yeah. of course not. Justin, the boy, the new boyfriend, is suddenly and violently murdered um, and she's enraged because she really liked him and she decides to track down the killer. Um, in steps Bobby Cannavale, again, rarely does bad stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking this must have looked good at some early stage for these people to sign up, you know. Yeah. But he's playing a cop anyway who um, is trying to stop her from com- committing further crimes into the process. And the banter between them is good. The dialogue in this is kind of funny. It's all too arched though and too dialed up. Um, you know, it's trying to be... I, I get what they're trying to do, the whole revenge thriller format thing. Imagine if you had that with a woman with an explosive temper. It's a nice idea. I would say it's more... It's it's not as unique as it thinks it is, this film. It's quite okay. um, routine once it kind of gets kicking into the action sequences and stuff like that. Oh, um, it's streaming, it's, is it? It's streaming on Amazon, yeah. It, I think it invites the audience in as well. It's kind of winking at you going, we know this is a bit silly and we're, we, we're, we're okay with that. But like, just because the audience is in on the act doesn't mean it's an effective or a funny one, you know? Okay. Uh, very formulaic. A lot of exposition, a lot of... Uh, for the love of God, do you expect me to believe that? Um, or or Anna, what what did Georgie say? Ah, lads. Ah, lads moments. Yeah, a lot of ah, <laughs> lads moments. Um, and she, you know, I yeah. get it. The Underworld series was um, inexpensive and had a huge international fan base. It's very evident from the last five minutes of this film that they're trying to kick off a series here right. um, with Kate. Kate Beckinsale starring again yeah. but I just didn't buy bit, it bit of a crowded market out there for, for doing that um, I have quite asked, asked a question now I happened to catch the film Broken Flowers on late night TV recently has to be one of the best understated films ever made in my humble opinion up there One Flew Over the Cookies Nest I think one of Bill Murray's best performances ever should be compulsory viewing for all budding actors to learn how saying less or nothing at all is often more stunning and very funny and very un-Hollywood movie I'd love to know what Esther thinks of it have you seen that one it's Broken Flowers? It is. Broken Flowers is um, Jim Jarmusch's film. He's oh, um, right. an independent American filmmaker. Very, very quirky. 
and I have had the pleasure of seeing it, yeah. And um, yeah, sure, Jim Jarmusch multiplied by Bill Murray, just you're going to get unusual and quirky and offbeat, you know. It's a very likeable film, actually, and an easy watch as well. Um, it's good fun. Yeah, very good. It's a good few years old now, I'd say. It's probably 10 years or more. All right. um, Broken Flowers, that one is called, by the way. Um, the Commander's Palace in New Orleans. It's great we get drink recommendations for places in New Orleans. That's, there's the travelled audience that listens. Um, our holiday ritual on morning flights is to have a Bloody Mary just after takeoff. Now I have to say that sounds very that sounds good. That, yes, I, think I could be I could be talked into that quite easily. Um, I'll just give you one more chance to get in for the Galway Festival, by the way. Uh, the Galway International Arts Festival running from the 28th of August to the 18th of September, featuring a programme of exciting events, including theatre, dance, circus, music, talks and visual arts. This year's events will include in-person, online and live streamed performances. Galway offers a range of activities, whether it's taking in the local sites or exploring the boutiques and craft shops, discovering the wild Atlantic Way, something for absolutely everyone. And if you'd like to spend some time in the Galmont Hotel in the heart of the city, you can do a two-night stay and dinner for two people with breakfast each morning by simply answering this question. Um, which province is Galway in? If you know the answer, text the word Galway and your answer your name to 53106. That'll cost 30 cent and we'll announce a winner before the end of the show today. Um, so, Serena, a question for you. I just see in your notes, um, the Devil Wears Prada is 20 and they're, they're, it's not exactly having a Devil Wears Prada Mark II, sadly, because that was a great film, but they're meeting up, are they? Well, yeah, what's happening is that um, the Lollipop Theatre Network is actually 20 and it's a nationwide, um, uh, sorry, it's a nationwide theatre organisation that creates entertainment experiences for kids who are facing life-threatening illnesses in the US. So to celebrate that, what they're doing is the Devil Wears Prada, and I'm loving this, this is happening a lot um, over the pandemic where we've had a lot of Zoom reunions, you know, Parks and Rec did it, um, the cast of... Oh, my God. The West Wing did it. And now it's the turn of the Devil Wears Prada. And what they're doing is that they're raising money for the Lollipop Foundation. What is happening is that people just need to bid. And what they are bidding on, Tom, is my dream situation. A Zoom meet and greet with the cast, which includes Uh. Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Emily Blunt and Stanley Tucci. Could you imagine being on that Zoom? I'm like, I know we're all tired of Zooms, but that is one Zoom that I would be turning up to straight away. That's a fairly impressive Zoom. I'm, 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 Stanley Tucci jumps out at me. I'm just such a fan of his. I think he's completely brilliant. Yeah. But that's making me ignore the fact that you could be getting to talk to Meryl, Meryl Streep. Is that getting to you? Mix? The that's Meryl the Streep. Amazing, yeah. And and can you imagine, like, people forget that Stanley Tucci is also Emily Blunt's brother-in-law now because he married Emily's sister. So could you imagine, like, the friendship that they, the real-life friendship that they have going on? And, like, for a whole, I am making up, but let's say for a whole 20 minutes that you're in the Zoom, you can pretend you're one of their, one of their mates. One of their now, gang. I'd say it's going to, yeah, I, I don't have the money to bid for that, but maybe if a few of us club together we could get a Zoom with the cast of The Devil Wears Prada. Like, that is definitely worth it. Would you have any idea what those bids would go for? I mean, I presume this is for very, very wealthy Americans. I'm thinking of people who've been in space recently. (laughs) (laughs) Are are we talking millions? Um, I wouldn't say millions, but I'd say you'd get tens of thousands. Like, it's a massive opportunity. So, yeah, now I'm trying to bid uh, to Google it as we speak. And I... I cannot find. No, I cannot find it. Okay. <laughs> I can well, find listen, other things on this site. Don't go. Don't. Don't get. Tell us what you're googling there now. Come. For God's sake. <laughs> but um, 
Jill sounds like a remake of the movie Crank with Jason Stephan, says one of our listeners. So um, we're going on to wine number two now and we're heading in, this is the chilled red direction. Which yes, is so this is, oh, let me just pass it. Sorry, yes, please. There we go. Um, so much. this is this is a, a Rioja from a producer called McRobert and Canals, and and the McRobert part of that duo is a, a South African winemaker from um, studied in Stellenbosch, but is from Swartland originally, which is just a little bit north of Cape Town. And then Canals are a Rioja family who who are landowners, so it's basically a South African winemaker making wine in Rioja. He toured there in his 20s and 30s and just absolutely fell in love with the place. So stayed in Rioja making wine there. And he has a real idea around how Rioja should be done to make it um, a terroir wine. So in general, what you get with Rioja, it's, it's often based around how long it's spent in oak barrels. And that's how the the pyramid of quality is formed. So you've got Grand Reserva at the top, then Reserva, then Crianza. Um, and, and like Reserva is the most popular Rioja here in Ireland by a country mile. I mean, we drink bucket loads of Rioja Reserva. But these guys are doing, they're, they're trying to kind of show the land as opposed to show what oak barrels does. And that's okay. kind of their... Um, that's that's their raison d'etre for, for, for making Rioja wines. This one's called La Nave, which is the boat. And the idea is that it's a blend of all of the different soil types that's in that's in Rioja. And it's also a blend of the three major grape varieties, Grenache, Tempranillo and Matsuelo. So this is this is really a, a blended wine. Very which is blended, to, isn't it? That's there's a lot, a lot of, blending. of stuff. There's a lot of blending. So like... They they do single variety wines. They do a single Grenache and they do a single Tempranillo as well. But this one is kind of what they feel is the the kind that should be the calling card of what Rioja is. Right. And it's very red fruited, very delicate in style. You don't get all that kind of cinnamon and vanilla and all of those things that we normally get from Rioja. And again, this works really well to chill it down. So chilling it down delicately, you get that kind of, you bring up the crispness, you bring up the refreshing nature of the wine. And it also brings out that little bit of spiciness. There's a little bit of that black pepper thing there that makes it really quite kind of crunchy in in terms of how it sits in the mouth. And it goes really, really well with kind of barbecue food. It's really beautiful. Um, Again, I'm struggling for words that translate into your world of wine but can you see this on the barbecue absolutely and I find the fact that it's a little bit chilled Mm. is so much more refreshing um, and and particularly now and we're all sweltering as we're walking around but like you can replace your can or bottle of beer beside you at the barbecue while you're flipping burgers with a chilled glass of red wine and and this is the one to do I mean Tempranillo Grenache themselves are very red fruited in style and that spiciness as well really, really works well with the kind of charring that you do on the barbecue. But this is, oh, this that's is brilliant really, warm weather that's, that's blown me away, more so than the white one. That's really gorgeous. Really um, I, I wouldn't get a Rioja hint off it at all, though. Yeah. Is the, I, the, 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 to be honest, is just me. What, what we know Rioja as, this is absolutely the other side. You know, it's absolutely a, gorgeous. We know it as the oaky vanilla bomb and this literally just is not that. Yeah. Uh, where would I get this one? Um, so you get this in Green Man Wines, Station to Station, um, NattyWine.ie, Loose Cannon. So lots of different places. Okay. That is, uh, that's the winner for me today. Um, before we carry on, I need to ask you um, if you're there, Serena, about uh, Leslie Grace. She's about to uh, appear as Batgirl in the film. Yes. Is that a very big deal, is it? 
That is a huge deal. Just wants um, to be clear on that. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's a huge deal because she's actually getting her own standalone film. And I have to say, Batgirl was always one of my favourites. Um, even from the... Now, I loved... Of course, I watched it in repeats, but I loved the original kitsch Adam West, Batman and Robin. And that's where I fell in love yep. with... Um, Batgirl there. She was played in 1997. Do you remember the Batman that nobody talks about? Batman and Robin with George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Um, Alicia Silverstone played her back then. But now Leslie Grace, who some people might be going, who? But if you've seen In the Heights, she was in the Heights. She played Nina Rosario in that. And off the back of that, they've said, would you like to play Batgirl? And on Twitter, she put, I am beyond excited to embody Barbara Gordon, your Batgirl. I mean, this is, it's huge. I cannot believe what I'm writing right now. Thank you, DC, for welcoming, welcome, welcoming me to the family. I'm ready to give her all I've got. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Uh, I Googled her because, you know, curiosity got the better of me. She's a great singer. Yeah, yeah. She's been nominated for three Latin Grammys. So, and I'm excited. I know not everyone loved the Harley Quinn um, standalone film. I actually really enjoyed that film. Uh, that was written by Christina Hodson, and she is writing this Batgirl film. So I'm excited to see that. But can I just circle back for a sec to The Devil Wears Prada? Because sure, I looked do, it up please. on. Yes. Do you know what they've said they expect this to go for? They're saying that this is worth $50,000. I'm shocked. I thought it'd be worth more. I... And at the moment, um, it's at $11,500. Is that all it is? Well, see, you know what it is? You know what it's like in an auction? You sort of have to hedge your bets and don't get too excited. This is open until the 3rd of August. I'd say it's really going to start heating up come the 3rd of August. Yeah, it sounds like they need an auctioneer wading in there and bashing heads together and letting people throw the scones. It's <laughs> your chance, your chance in a lifetime to meet these people and get in there, honest to God. And think of the boasting qualities you get out of this for anything else. Madness. Exactly. Yes. Madness. And um, the hashtag today, by the way, is Scorchio Movies. And we'll take a look at a few of them. And we'll be having a look at our second film as well. A quick break on the way. More after this. Very welcome back. Tomlin with you. Standing up with Sean today, 5216 for your text or email, afternoon at uh, newstalk.com. And we hope to have our winners and our competitions in a minute or two. But a question for you before we carry on. People asking, the whole chilling red wine thing is that is that a cardinal sin or can you chill any red wine I, I think you can chill pretty much any red wine so so in general people say to drink wine at room temperature but but that advice is decades and probably even centuries old so it's room temperature pre kind of central heating etc we'll all go back and look at the thermostat and it'll be today 25 or 28 degrees yeah. but even in a in a normal day it'll be 21 22 degrees really most red wines you want to serve them at around 18 degrees so if you are at room temperature, you want to stick them in the door of the fridge for 10, 15 minutes oh, just right. to bring them down to okay. cellar temperature. So you're not opening them up. I think that's what people think happens. The warmer it gets, the more of a bouquet or more something. So what you get, you get more of the fruitiness, yeah. um, but you get less of the structure. So when, I, when I'm when i saying structure, it's the kind of measurable elements of the wine for want of a boring way of looking at it. But it's the acid and the tannin and the acid makes you refreshed in the mouth. The tannin gives you that dusty sensation, the so you'll notice more of those things when you chill it down and you'll notice less of the fruitiness. Okay. But if, if you like your wines to be kind of sweet and fruity, which is absolutely fine, then you're better off at a slightly higher temperature. 
But if you like them to be crisp and refreshing, regardless of the wine, you should probably chill it down just a couple of degrees. Okay, but in this case, this is very much a wine that they have in mind that you'll have this at a relatively cooler temperature. I, I'm not sure whether the guys there would be saying, oh, you need to have this cold, cold, like yeah. we're drinking it now. Like as in, we've we've had this direct from the fridge. So this is cold, like you drink a white wine. Um, they would probably like it more at 16, 18 degrees, where this is probably at 12 or 13 degrees. But, but for me, I just think you bring up all the refreshing nature of it. And actually, that makes it a much more interesting food wine. Things like Beaujolais, things like Pinot Noir, they work really, really well if you, if you chill them down. Any right. of those lighter styles of red in general. Yeah. Ice cubes in wine, of course, is, is you know, it's it's very often mentioned. That's that, And it's often mentioned in relation to white wine. Is it a really bad thing in red wine? Um, do you know, I, I'm I'm all for it if, if that's what you like. I mean, th- there's no point in being snobby about these You're things. You're not snobby at all. I, like. I, I put two ice cubes into my Chardonnay last night because it wasn't cold. And then I stuck the I stuck the bottle in the freezer and then the next glass I didn't put the ice cubes in. You're, you are diluting yeah. with the water, obviously. But but I mean, don't we all just want a nice, refreshing drink? And Absolutely. isn't that okay? And we're sometimes we're just not as patient as we could be. Exactly. And you and know. and you change. Like I had four yeah. different bottles of white wine in the fridge, but none of them were the one that I wanted to drink. Well, that that uh, that solves that. Right, Esther. I think we might take a listen to our second film. If you're ready to go, this is yeah. a clip from it. Good afternoon. I'm Tally. Abigail. I hope I'm not keeping you from something. I'm glad you've come. The meeting you has made my day. Oh, how pleasant and uncommon it is to make someone's day. I guess I'm supposed to offer a toast. What my husband means is he's so happy to finally get together. Did you miss me? Yes. Our farm is a slaughterhouse right now. My husband is killing his hawks. And I resolved to visit you so that there would be something in my day other than his meanness. So what do you think? What do you think about us? I don't know how to put it into words. Well, it all sounds very wrought with emotion there, Esther. What's going on here? I'm nearly tearing up there hearing it back again. (laughs) Ah, It sounds like it is powerful then, is it? It's very powerful. I liked this a lot. Um, I preferred it a lot more than Ammonite with Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet, which got more attention, I think, when it came out this earlier this year. But I found to be a very dour film. Um, and I found to be, you know, this this film, there are sex scenes in it, but it's not just about the sex because it, it, it's something I find really off-putting is if there's a famous person doing um, a movie like this in this topic and it's it just has a bang of, oh, look at me, famous person doing my little indie movie sex scene for, for credibility and an Oscar nomination. And I find it really off-putting and I never felt that here. I believed in these two women. Um mostly because they're played by Vanessa Kirby and Catherine Watterson, probably two of the best actors in the world working at the moment. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Vanessa Kirby fan is, on the back of her work Princess this year. Is she Margaret? Is that She's her? Princess Margaret from yeah. The Crown. And she was terrific in um, the Netflix movie Pieces of a Woman, uh, which is on is it's still on the platform, actually. Got an Oscar nomination for that. I will say the first 40 minutes is a tough watch, yeah. but it's a brilliant, um, a brilliant drama. And here she's delivering again in a totally different genre, in a totally different period. She just has this 
ease of versatility about her that I really like. Um, and it's, you know, it's early, ni- late 19th century American Northeast and she's Tally and she forms this friendship. She she moves into the, I was going to call it the neighbourhood, but really there's only two neighbours. It's in, you know, it's the American um, Northwest and there's, it's it's people have laying claim to land and there's just a couple of ranches and they, they're, they're the new neighbours of um, this woman and her husband, um, uh, Abigail, who's uh, her husband is uh, Casey Affleck. And they form this kind of bond and this friendship. And there's you do get a simmering passion off it. Uh, you do get a sense that there is something more going on. But they connect, first of all, on over bereavement, actually, because Catherine Washington's character has... Um, lost a baby and it has sucked the life out of her relationship to um, Casey Affleck. This is quite sad, this okay. one. Um, and meanwhile, Vanessa Kirby is married to um, a man played by Christopher Abbott, who's kind of fiery, kind of jealous. And what's really interesting, I think, is he's a jealous type and he twigs very early on in the film that something's going on, even before these women have enacted anything, I suppose. And that's a really interesting element. So the men are quite brought into it in in interesting ways as well and as differing characters. Um, I just thought it was a masterclass in acting. I loved it. I believed it, um, which can be really tricky with this kind of subject matter with well-known actors, I think. Um, And it does dwell on, I suppose, as well, you know, not just the risk to, to them and to their marriages, um, and whether those marriages are worth saving, it explores that. But it also looks at the conventions of the period. Um, like Tally is quite an upfront character. She's Vanessa Kirby's character. But Catherine Waterson is like she just screams repression. You know, it, her, her personality. She can barely she doesn't even understand the language of what she is feeling for this woman. She's never experienced it before. Um, and I just, yeah, I really liked it. And then the fact that they have had experienced a personal loss as well is um, is good. Um, is good for the drama, I mean. Uh, yeah, I I got on very well with this. I have to say, all and of I the reviews are like ravishing, spectacular, over the top. It seems to be visually beautiful as well, is it? Beautiful looking, and it's in your cinemas from today. Ah. So this one's on the big screen. Um, yeah. I liked this a lot. We should have gotten it actually months ago. You'd, you'd wonder would it have gotten an Oscar run in a, in a less pandemic time, you know, okay. because I think the performances are great here. Yeah, it sounds great. The World to Come is the name of that. And by the way, the hashtag today is Scorchio Movie, so I'll give you a few of them. We need to talk about Kelvin. That's very good. Eternal Sunshine for the Topless Brian. Uh, Saturday Night Hay Fever. Inspector Gorse. Any Given Sunday. <laughs> I think they're very good. Um, <laughs> Factor 50 First Dates, Roast Busters, Fierce Close Encounters, Infernal Sunshine of the Hottest Mind, Blister Act, Some Like It Hot, Look Who's Talking About the Weather Again, Factor 50 Shades of Grey, A Streetcar Named Perspire, The Devil Wears Nada, <laughs> The Pride of Miss Jean Byrne, Burn After Reading in the Garden, and they go on and on and on. We do have another little bit of a movie to talk about with uh, with you, Serena. And, and this is back, referring back to the great time that uh, our friend was stuck in Ireland, uh, the actor Matt Damon. This is the film that he was making, The Last Jewel. And we have a little clip from it to play for you as well. Question that matters. Do you swear on your life? 
that what you say is true. My father told me my life would be blessed with good fortune. I'm married. I was a good wife. And then was judged and shamed by my country. Very dramatic stuff there, Serena, The Last Jewel. Um, was it worth him being trapped in Ireland? Well, yeah, you'd be forgiven for thinking. Like, I was shocked to hear that this and see that this is quite a serious film. And um, because when Matt Damon was here, it was all about his massive interview on Spin with Graham and Nathan. It was all about the, the super value bag he was carrying. And it was all about him hanging out with Bono. So I was shocked to see that this film is... Um, Quite serious, but I'm also very excited. I'm excited to see what they have developed because this is reteaming Matt Damon with Ridley Scott. He is also back together working with Ben Affleck, not only on screen, but they co-penned this um, this script with Nicole. I hope I get her surname right. right Nicole Holofcener. Yeah. Um, it does Adam Driver. There's also Jodie Comer in it. Um, so it wrapped filming here in October and it is out this October. Now there was also, you know, where the fact that they were here in Ireland filming, we think it's all about Ireland, but it is set in France. It's set in the 14th century. It is about um, Matt Damon, who plays a knight, and his um, his wife has claimed that her, her best friend, who sorry, his best friend, has raped her, and that's Adam Driver, and it's about, um, they basically challenge each other to trial by combat. So wow. it, sounds very, it sounds very exciting. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, not what well, we were expecting for whatever reason, that his being trapped here, and they just think he was just having a bit of crack. Um, I have to say that the winner of the Galway competition is Emma Carroll in Wicklow Town, so congratulations. Um, the uh, trip over to the Galway Hotel is yours. Uh, dinner for two people and breakfast each morning. Hope you enjoy that. We haven't got our winner yet. Stay tuned to the winner of the 33 thousand let you know more about that but that is us for today and uh, thanks very much for joining us my thanks to the team Marisa Sullivan Anna Wegler uh, Sinead Kyo and Michael Quilligan Nick and Serena and Esther thank you all very much for joining us as well the hard shoulders on the way and that winner as well stay with us
movies and booze. On Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.